Welcome to Finding Your Voice After 40, a weekly podcast that includes interviews with multicultural women and men over the age of 40 who have gone from ordinary to extraordinary living. I am your host, Kenya McGuire-Johnson, and as an artist, educator, and certified health, wellness, and mindset coach, my goal is to share incredible interviews and stories of people you may know or you may not know who are reclaiming and renewing their lives. Whether you're over 40 or not quite there yet, each week you will be inspired to thrive and not simply survive. Remember, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. To learn more about our amazing self-care and wellness holistic services, head on over to www.findingyourvoiceafter40.com or to get bonus episodes, head over to our Patreon and become a subscriber at patreon.com slash findingyourvoice. And welcome back finding your voice after 40. This is Kenya, your host, and we are at episode 28, Importance of Storytelling After 40. And this is an interview with Roy Clovis Jr., who is ah, such a delight. This is a part of our Art Voices Matter. Roy is a filmmaker, director, editor, um, and one of my really dear friends and my my creative friend, um, and we have for over a decade um, really connected, um, mainly because of our the, the root of our connection is our creativity, and you know constantly pushing one another. And I will say, you know, Roy is behind the camera, behind the scenes. Um, I had to pull him a bit to get on this podcast, but I'm so glad that I did and that he <laughs> surrendered because I think you're going to love this conversation and you're going to, one, get a better sense of um, process, I think, for artists and writers, or artists, I'm sorry, artists and writers, um, particularly those who create film and all the layers, not only of the actual maybe production of it, but the what as a writer, the internal, the inner self, the vulnerability, um, the courage, the patience um, that is required as an artist to tell stories and how important it is at this stage of our lives to hear stories from artists who are over 40, right? Um, because now they've had the life experiences. And so as they bring that into art form, um, it just has a more connecting frequency. So Roy and I go into all of that. We go into all of that um, as well as self-care. And, you know, I know that finding your voice, health and wellness, my coaching service, you know, we service women. Um, but on this podcast, you know, we bring men, women, we bring um, whomever <laughs> wants to come. Um, and particularly for me, why I want a male voice to be heard is because I, um, I do think it's important for us to understand the collective energy. And while we may nurture ourselves or why maybe the 
uh, majority of um, those who are listening to this or who are part of Finding Your Voice are women, there is a collective experience that we're doing day to day with male, female, non-binary, all of us are coming together. So it's important that we hear the stories, we hear the light of the collective as we are moving through our own journeys and healing and so forth. So I think you're going to like this interview. I did. I, I always listen back and I, I really, really enjoyed um, the interview. Um, so yes, be sure to dig in. Before we go into the episode, tonight, tonight, we start our YouTube live. <laughs> So Keyshawn Rains and I will be doing our, if you're listening to this in live time, like the moment this episode dropped, then Thursday, March 16th, 8 p.m. 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. All I know, those are U.S. times, and I know that I have people all across the world, so make sure you check <laughs> the world clock, what time that is in your zone. We're going to be on YouTube Live for our first our first streaming episode. Um, and I did not say what the topic of discussion is going to be. I did not, I did not um, announce that, but I'm going to announce it here because y'all are special. If you tune in into this the very day and that is dropped and you haven't, you know, you're, you really tuned into us, then you get a gift, you get a gift. And so, um, our topic that we're going to explore our first story that we're going to talk about is, do we fear rest? Mm. Now your girl, you know, I'm pushing rest and take ease and, you know, slow down and stillness and all of that. Right. But there's a big old, but Sometimes we are fearful of getting in that space and let me raise my hand and be one to uh, relate to that. So that's all I'm going to say. We're going to dig into that topic. Please join us um, in the show notes. You will see how you can click on YouTube and join us in live time, or you can subscribe to my channel at Kenya MJ Music and hit the little bell to get the notification. So when we go live, in case you forget, in case you didn't put in your calendar, you can always simply get the notification and then join us. Obviously, if you miss it, if you're listening to this later, you didn't know, you're like, what, what, what? No worries. Um, that's the cool thing about YouTube is the, um, that while we went live, it will live on my channel. So you can go back and you can watch and you can hear the goods, but we're going to be there every Thursday with a different topic. And uh, for the month of March, we are honoring this theme of rest um, and we'll have different themes every month. Um, we'll have occasional guests, but it's really for Keyshawn and I to share more stories about our lives, give perspective um, to black women, talk about current events, um, and also spotlight um, various websites and products and things that we think you should dig into. So check it out. All right, I'm going to do our hashtag Thursday Thrive quote of the week. My thoughts and opinions are important. My thoughts and opinions are important. And then reflect on these two questions. How do I effectively communicate my thoughts and opinions? Why is it important for me to do so? 
again, how do I effectively communicate my thoughts and opinions and why is it important for me to do so? So that is your Thrive message. I hope you have an amazing week. I hope to see you on our YouTube live space as well, in addition to the podcast. And enjoy this episode number 28, an interview with Roy Clovis, part of our Art Voices Matter series, The Importance of Storytelling After 40. We are here with my brother, my brethren, brethren, Roy Clovis Jr. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning, good afternoon, good <laughs> evening to everybody, whenever you decide to listen to it. Whenever you're listening, yes, <laughs> in your day or watching in your day. I'm so glad. So I, I want to preface this uh, for our listeners. Um, really with this podcast, I mostly, mostly bring people, not only that I know, but that people that inspire me and people that um, I get, I have connections with in terms of um, professionally or just personally. And, and Roy is a really, and I don't even know if he knows how special, I hope I make that clear to him. Um, just a really special friend um, and fellow artist. And um, I'm just super excited he's here. And I forced him, I said, you got me on my podcast. <laughs> and he obliged. So how is it feeling to be a guest on a podcast, like uh, well, there are very few people who could get me to do this. <laughs> so, so I've I've taken all of my deep breaths and I've kind of put my ideas together as best I can. It feels okay. I'm doing all right so far. Yeah, because you're used to being on the other side of the camera, and you know that's what I, you know, Roy. For those of you who are, are simply listening, if you haven't read all the show no show notes, uh, Roy is a film director and an editor, and so I think you know I would love to get more people who are in the behind the scenes of film and music and the arts because they're the machine, you know, they're they're the machine. So. I want to start before we dig all into your life, and we're not going to dig all into your life, I promise you. Um, I am going to read, though, something about you to you. So I want you just to sit back <laughs> and listen, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, Roy Clovis Jr. has thrived in the television and film industry for more than 25 years. He has drawn upon his many talents to create compelling and heartfelt stories through his work as a director, producer, and editor. Roy has recently focused his craft on editing thoughtful narrative and documentary projects. In 2009, Roy wrote, directed, and edited The Cycle, a 16-minute short film that screened at the 2010 Chicago International Film Festival, which I had the honor of seeing and being there and was awesome, and was selected as a finalist for the 2010 HBO Short Film Award. After winning a host of awards, including Best Drama in the Indie Producer Short Film Contest and the Screenwriting Award at the 2010 Colorado Film Festival, the cycle was licensed for two years by HBO and Cinemax and aired frequently on both networks. Roy is eagerly anticipating the upcoming release of Offside's production's dark comedy web series, Normal Ain't Normal, for which he edited an episode. He's co-writing a web series, Dramedy, entitled The Campaign, which he plans to direct in 2023. 
Roy's projects often grapple with difficult issues. His compassion is evident in his storytelling, which helps the viewer create emotional connections to the characters and to the social themes in his films. So how did that, how did that feel hearing that about yourself and your work? Oh, you know, I tend to be hard on myself, which is one of my little ongoing battles. So I'm never quite so impressed. (laughs) 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 But I, I feel like, you know, when I hear that, I say that I've had a really tremendous journey that, um, you know, I, I, I'm learning to be proud of the accomplishments and achievements that I've had along the way, although I haven't reached where I really want to get to yet. And yeah. so I'm forcing myself to to be a little more open to to not just saying, you're not there yet. You're not, you have to kind of embrace some of the successes and appreciate what you've had. So that's Absolutely. That's <laughs> Absolutely. No, and I'm glad that you are giving yourself those permission slips. And I'm always giving you those permission slips, but I'm glad that you're getting those permission slips. And I'm curious, we're going to, we're going to focus on kind of life after 40, because this is finding your voice after 40, but obviously you had a whole other life before 40. And so in this whole space of artistry, when did you realize I'm an artist? Like I'm a, this is, this is my jam. Film is my jam. At what point in your life was that? It wasn't film first. So it was, writing first. Writing was one of those things where like in class, you know, if you had to write an essay or do something creative that was even extra credit or whatever, the the things that I was writing was garnering some attention from my English teachers, humanities teachers. Mm. And I thought that, you know, journalism might be the thing. I always thought that I might write a book. I guess that's still on the table. Mm-hmm. And then um, we started to mess around with music. Um, I was a really awful rapper, <laughs> but I played drums and uh, you played drums. Okay. I, I played drums for what about eight years. Oh, oh, you're a drummer. I'm a drummer. Uh, well, I don't think I can call myself a drummer anymore, but I was <laughs> at one time. Ah, I love it. Okay. And, um, you know, so, so music kind of kicked in. We had some equipment, like a little four track recorder. And so I really started playing around with how layers work with mm. audio, okay. which is, is, it was amazing because it it taught me what I was going to need to know how to think about audio as it pertains to film when that came along. Mm. But um, I kind of got the idea that uh might have an interest in filmmaking because just projects you do in high school, we put some things together that were, were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And when I'd gotten to college, I'd I forced my way into a video class. They were hard to get into <laughs> at my school, but I got in and what became very clear really quickly is I had a knack for it. I had, this is sort of a natural ability for telling stories visually with audio and layers. And, and uh, it was mm. very clear in, you know, when you present your projects to the class, it was kind of like the class would show their little videos. And then I'll show mine and it was like, whoa. <laughs> But, yeah. I, but I understand that's kind of like how most people kind of find things that they're really good at is just you're just doing it because you love it. And then all of a right. sudden um, you realize that there's there's something there. Yeah. 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 No, that's so funny that you, you know, every every artist that I think I've talked to so far, because you're part of the Art Voices Matter series, 
you know, there's this, well, I first was, and it's so funny not to pick on my, my, my black men, but I, everyone, well, I first was a rapper, you know, I really wanted <laughs> to rap like and that. I've almost feel like that's a rite of passage to, cause my, both my sons, like they, they have to rap. Like that's a part of, for them being, becoming, I mean, I don't know what that's about, but. No, it's, well, I, well, I know for me, like this was when rap was kind of really growing, right? And it was mm -hmm. so much around me in the space. And I think it was one of those things you owe it to yourself to, to, to give it a try. And, <laughs> and then at some point it becomes clear, like the people who are good, you're like, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it, what they're doing is different than what I, what I do. <laughs> right, it's like, and that's the other part that I see with my sons, it's like, yeah, but, but both of them right now think that they are beast rappers. They haven't hit, they haven't hit the point yet. <laughs> um, but at any rate, but no, so awesome. So for you, so it all kind of came together. And I guess once you left college and it was time now to get in the world, did you say, okay, yeah, that's it. I'm going to make movies. Or how did you, how did you want to project yourself, you know, after having the training and the kind of the academic environment, getting out of that, what, what were you seeing for yourself? Well, when I left, I had quite the conundrum because uh, I went to Cornell University. It's not known for producing filmmakers. There's no <laughs> film program to speak of. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of um, video was my introduction. I wound up getting an internship at the NBA, NBA Entertainment. And um, so I was sort of building skills little by little in that direction. But I wasn't prepared to step out and you know, direct films. There's the mm. people who went to Howard and the people who went to <laughs> you. Temple and and you know USC, UCLA. You like you know all the schools. They they kind of came out with a really good idea of how they wanted to tell their stories. For me, I was just trying to figure out a way. Can I make a living in the business? Mm. And mm -hmm. can I make a living being creative? And so that was that was a trick because I, I come from a a family. That was not too clean on this this artist life. They were. I wouldn't go so say, so far as to say that they discouraged me, mm -hmm. but they weren't super excited about the the prospect of a starving artist who's gonna live in their house for a number of years. <laughs> so, uh, so I wanted yeah. to find a way to, to to make a living and to be creative, and so I got my first job out of college at uh, NBA Entertainment. Awesome. And, and so, so that you... was doing. Um, you know, for people who are old enough, who are like basketball fans, you'll remember the I Love This Game commercials that they had. I was working on those. And then there was the um, the weekly show that was called Inside NBA Inside Stuff. Ahmad Rashad uh -huh. was host. And, I remember that. Uh -huh. So I would do some things for that as well. Mm. And a bunch of other things. But it was, it was a starting point where I had like a really good training ground. A lot of very serious professionals who took the care and time to, to train me up. Yeah. And, and actually would believe in my ability and it just really encouraged me. Awesome. Awesome. So that's interesting. And, and thank you for sharing that because I want people to understand as artists, you know, your artistry, especially when it comes to film and music, is so broad. I mean, we are watching, we see visuals everywhere and there is sound in that everywhere. And I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking if you say, you know, you're in film, that that must equal you do epic movies and that's it. And that, it, you know, but that film exists in so many areas. So um, there's a lot of pathways, you know, to get there. And there's a lot of ways, therefore, to express yourself, you know, when it comes to film. 
I'm curious to know at what point in your life, what age frame would you say that you were like, it's time for me to really sit down and tell the stories that I want to tell. And, you know, I, I mentioned the cycle in when I was just talking about you. And so maybe give me a little perspective of how, when did that pop up for you? And, and what, what was the, I guess, the push that was like, no, I'm, I'm going to move on this. Yeah. The, well, the, um, I guess what I would say first is that it, it was a long time in which I was sort of just doing sports and TV related sports. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, maybe I had actually given up on doing films. That might have happened mm -hmm. for a minute. Mm -hmm. And what happened was a good friend of mine uh, went out on a limb. He took a class that just like it was a weekend workshop. And they're like, you have to get out there and do it. Just, just go make your film. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to go make my film. And he did. He went, he went out. <laughs> and, you know, in, in 30 days, he, along with his wife and a, a bunch of talented people, went out and they made a feature film. Oh, wow. And because he knew of my interest and he knew that I had been editing for a long time and he knew how to be free. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or, or next to free, right? I, I got to edit his feature and that sort of did something to me. It was like a, mm -hmm. like a big kick in the pants. It was just like, this is, he just decided he was going to do, he's been thinking about this for how long? Right, right. So, you know, two years later, I put together like a really quick 90 second film, which wound up winning an award. I was like, all right, maybe I should just stick with directing a little bit and try again. Mm. And then, um, you know, the cycle was born out of a, an incident that happened in Brooklyn. Um, what was that? That was the 2000s. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd heard about the story. And so I went and kind of interviewed the people who were, were experiencing the worst of it and, and the best mm. of it. Mm -hmm. And I decided, like, let's try to make something out of this, you know. And and I, you know, we fictionalized just a little bit of it, but a lot of the core story remained the same. Mm. But I, I wanted to. It was representative of the kinds of things that I wanted to do. I like, you know, stories that are a little more complicated, mm -hmm. that uh, are not as simple as you might think, where characters are not like the evil villains. It just, <laughs> you know, I wanted to do something where you could see gentrification in mm. Brooklyn, that wasn't gentrification based on race, right? It was, mm, was mm -hmm. middle-class Black families that were moving back in. Same thing had been happening in Harlem. Um, and I wanted to kind of tell a story that kind of surrounded those set of circumstances. And like, everything has changed now. But that's yeah. that movie became a little bit of a time capsule because a lot of what you see in there is is gone now. Yeah, which I was going to ask you, is there, you know, if people are curious to watch it and, and is it available, is, is there, is, is it accessible? Yes. So okay. you can find it on my, my website, RoyClovis.com. Okay. Right now it is really a film editor's website. And mm -hmm. I intend to kind of grow that as I step out in 2023 to do more directing. Right. But the last couple of years, um, I've been focusing on editing narratives a little more than I had been in the past. So um, the cycle is available along with um, another short film called Home, which is also available on there. Awesome. And see, you gave that away early because I was going to ask you about oh, we'll all your, but, but, but we'll come back to it again. <laughs> so let's, let's peel this onion back a bit and let's talk a little bit more about, because, you know, our intention of bringing artists for finding your voice after 40 is one to definitely give room and space 
for people to get to know your art. I think it's super important for us to see art in a much more holistic space than we're currently being fed mm -hmm. um, in mainstream society. But it's also to hear the backstories of artists. And, you know, it's funny, I, I understand a lot of time, a lot of the things that I do, you know, especially as a coach and background in counseling is, you know, it's very, you know, yay and positive and inspire you. But, you know, reality is reality. And I, I really want this podcast to be able to show the twists and turns of, of people. And so that we're all inspired to keep pushing despite our, our twists and turns. And so I'm curious as we kind of dig a little bit more into Roy, as you started approaching or, you know, starting in your forties, once the forties hit, did you, did you have to change the way you saw yourself as an artist or has that just been consistent for you? Like how, how has it been in terms of your identity as an artist at this after 40 point? Yeah, I guess I'd say that 40, I see it more as a starting point, mm. right? Um, mm -hmm. Because part of, it, I think what I was experiencing in my twenties and in my thirties was that I didn't feel that I had uh, enough experience in the world to have a voice that was going to tell stories yet. You know, I feel like I was a little bit sheltered growing up. And then, you know, when you go to college, you're sort of protected in this little bubble. And then you kind of thrust into the world to kind of stumble and fall and pick yourself up. But you've had some training. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing a lot of that. And <laughs> and, and I think, uh, you know, for me, I wanted to, I, I always felt like I didn't know anything. I felt like I, I was mm -hmm. ignorant to the world mm, okay. and uh, very keenly aware of the, like, this big world around me and I've only seen a tiny piece of it. Mm. And so I, I really wanted to travel. I wanted to study Spanish. I wanted to retrace roots. Uh, my dad is from Panama. Mm. Mom is from St. Lucia. And I wanted to start that journey of sort of understanding more culturally. Mm. And, um, and so I, I made a really big effort. I, I was traveling and uh, just kind of living and bouncing around and just trying to figure out how I might tell stories during mm. that time. It was like 40, I feel so much more secure in that I've, you know, I've seen enough mm. of the good, the bad and the ugly in the world. And, <laughs> and so now I feel like I'm a little wiser and I have a little bit more to say. Mm. And hopefully, you know, that, that will come across in the work that I'm doing. Yeah. I, that's a really, that's a really special point. And I, I think, you know, as artists, we're telling stories, right? And so in our storytelling, you know, the uniqueness and the beauty of an artist is the ability to tap into the emotion of the audience. And if you're not living, you know, and, and experiencing, although I do believe artists have a natural kind of higher frequency, just kind of, they're just more inclined to be able to tap into emotion and to other people. But this, this idea of taking the time to live and to live beyond the scope that, you know, maybe you've been exposed to um, is huge for artists. I think it's it's like super duper necessary for the craft. And that's kind of in most art forms. Um, you know, you, you must live to inform so you understand life to tell these stories. So. Absolutely. I, I, think, I think that I was developing that in the editing work that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so for each discipline in there, 
it's a little different and a little tricky. So if you're an if you're an actor, for example, you know, you really have to have that. That has to be early, it has to be first. Yeah. Um, if you're a director, it has to be earlier than a writer. Mm -hmm. As an editor, you can experience it a little bit differently because you're receiving this footage and the footage has a story in it and you have to kind of find it and be ready to receive this emotion that, that's coming at you and to really understand how to prepare it. And I felt mm. prepared to do that. Okay. But the, the, the directing, I felt in my mid thirties, I was kind of getting there. Mm -hmm. the, the writing, I'm still kind of trying to make myself a little more, I guess a little more vulnerable to get mm. to some of the, to some of that emotion, to some of the truth of what needs mm -hmm. to come out in the stories that I have in my in my brain, because uh, like if if you're not vulnerable and if you're not speaking to the things that are uncomfortable mm. in your experience, you're not you're not going to be able to succeed with the with the writing. I don't think. Yeah, so I'm, I'm fighting that fight now. Mm. I'm so glad you brought up vulnerability because that to me is what's missing in a lot of film. Like I, I, I too am one who's all about nuance and I want complication. I want complexity. Mm -hmm. I want, I want to go on a journey. I want to dig. I want to be curious. And I find in more of the mainstream film, I mean, you have some standouts, you have some, you know, exceptions, obviously, but so much of what I feel like, is, you know, we're recreating, we're recreating wills or we're just missing, um, the vulnerability and I, I never I never thought of that as the word. I was just saying we're missing depth. I keep saying depth, but I think what you just said as far as vulnerability is I'm like, that's what it is. And I wonder now hearing you, is that a reflection, not just of the times, but is that a reflection of the artist? <laughs> like, is that necessary? I guess for you to personally experience the vulnerability to bring it on, but based on what you just said. I, I think, so. yeah, I, I, I think that in order to make the kind of film that I would want to make, right, it's, it's when you, when you receive the movie, it's, it's fulfilling your soul in some way because you're speaking to some truth about the human condition. And you can only do that, I think, if you've sort of lived it and experienced it and you have a voice to, to present it in your own unique way. Mm -hmm. I, and I think it's true of singers too, right? And so like, mm -hmm. you know, as somebody who really listens to music, Jen, just as like a wild example, um, I may have mentioned to you, I, I kind of did a deep dive and listened to Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. I don't know if we talked about that. Oh. Okay, so so that record, I'd heard it forever, right? It's been out for forever. <laughs> Three million years, yeah. <laughs> but if you if you catch it at the right moment, and just really kind of dive in and listen as an adult. And now that you've had some times that were really difficult and you just wanted to kind of get away from everything, and you listen to that song, it has the potential to throw you into a space. <laughs> like tears will come, and you uh -huh. and you and you feel the desperation. But it's it was written with that desperation in there, and so yeah. I think it's a similar process. What what attracts me to music often is the writing, the lyrics, right. mm -hmm. and um and it's the same thing with usually with movies is that something about the way the story was written and mm -hmm. delivered. Um, and everybody's sort of rewriting the movie, as you know. It's like the, the script does one thing, and then the actors, you know, you may not give them credit as a writer, but they are like breathing a new life into your story. And right. then, uh, of course, you know, the same for everyone who touches the film, so the director of photography, and then, of course, the editor gets it, and everybody's sort of rewriting the script in their right. own subtle ways, or sometimes not so subtle, 
as an editor. <laughs> but you know, that's the thing. It's just like I really believe the the writing. It, it comes from a place of of truth, and you know, just saying something about what we all go through. Yeah, yeah. No, every time you you say something, it makes me think of something a little bit different than what I was planning to ask you. And so, <laughs> with what you just said, um, and I wonder. So one of the things that I'm seeing in film, um, and I, I would love to hear your opinion on this. Um, you know, I think we are seeing more black film, and and when I say that, I mean beyond the main screen, like you know the streaming, um, the Hulu's, the network, Netflixes, so forth. Um, we are, I think, seeing more, you know, black directors and writers, you know, getting their work out there. Um, but one of the things that I feel is happening in some spaces is, and it's it might be tied to what you're saying, because um, of the different different people who are approaching the lenses. I'm seeing some beautifully shot films, like where I really feel the the image, and even beautifully edited in a way where I I really. I want to love it, <laughs> but then the writing, I'm like, but I don't love this story. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, I'd never thought of it. Cause I'm like, what's going on? We just have no good filmmakers. It's like, no, <laughs> it's like, it's these pieces. And I don't know, that just made me think like, wow, maybe that's, you know, people, the, the writing might be over here, but man, that was shot amazingly. And I now, I mean, you're just bringing to my brain like, oh, it must be that they're tapping a bit more into something as opposed to a, a writer. So with you, you know, when you're being the film director and editor, like that's a double space that you have to be able to tap into that vulnerability. So what are the things you're doing to get there? You said you're working on this. How do you work on that? Like, what is that? What does that mean? Well, so the in the case of you receiving a script that is not your own writing mm -hmm. you know the process is really diving in and your work is very similar to what an actor would do you're trying to find ways to understand the the story beyond what's on the page so okay. what what's happened in these scenes before we got to the scene right <laughs> and what is this character's backstory where are they from what have they experienced what's making them behave the way they do what um what are their fatal flaws? You know, you're trying to mm -hmm. identify all those things in your own sort of research. Mm. And that kind of allows you to start building layers that are that are beyond the page, which is really what you want. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's something like they're not said, they're not spoken, but you feel it. Right. And, right. and you need to, as a director, you need to be able to be available to actors when they're having a hard time with the material. Mm. So and you can feel it on set if if they're not connected to the material, you're like, there's just like there's not a spark. There's something that's missing and you don't know. Like it's, it's hard to understand what exactly is going on. And then you talk to the actor and you're trying to figure out, you know, what are the choices that you're making? You may not want to do that specifically, but you want to offer either some guidance or, you know, this is what you're trying to accomplish or. Right you know, have you ever experienced a scenario like this? And you can kind of move that emotion into the scene. Right. But you're always trying to connect it to something that's deeper than what's on the page. And I think, um, you know, as an editor, I'm always looking for that in the performance, mm. right? So I can see it yeah. when it comes yeah. to my computer. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, I edited, like, last year I edited a film in French. And so 
Like, I don't need to know the language. I can see the emotion that's happening on right. screen. That's what I'm working with. So, right, so right. that's, um, to, to me, uh, those are the things. You're, you're just trying to find something uh, that's more soulful. Yeah. And then, and so this segues me to kind of this question of self-care for you and you tapping into your own vulnerabilities, because you had mentioned that that's something you're working on. What is that looking like for you? What does self-care look for you? What does it even mean for you to work on your own kind of vulnerability? What does that mean? Well, vulnerability, this is a hard one for me, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, you know, I, I don't display this as much as I used to when I was younger, but I'm very much an introvert and I'm, you know, kind of shy. Mm. And I had to make, I had to make like a little program for myself to break out of it because I was realizing how many opportunities I was missing out on Mm. in all facets of life because you know sometimes you don't show up you don't say anything you don't speak up nobody knows mm. so i uh, you know <laughs> one day i'll write a book about this program but but <laughs> i i think i've arrived at a point where people don't just think of me as an introvert anymore they they don't think of me as shy anymore okay. and i i'm starting to learn that about myself maybe i don't think that so much either mm. um which is why becoming a director was a little bit easier it, it it taps into that part of me that wants to break out and talk to people and do things. Mm, so mm -hmm. the, but, but <laughs> the, the vulnerability though is the next step in the game, right? It's like, you, you want to be a little more extroverted, but it doesn't mean I'm actually giving you substance all the time. Right. I think that I usually, have. but you know, as, as you, as it pertains to art, right. As it pertains to art, you're, you have to give a little bit more of yourself than even just. Absolutely. Right. So Absolutely. I'm a little hesitant to do that. But um, but I'm working on that. That's that's where the on writing. It. That's the writing part. Okay, I got you. I got self care you. for me though. Is, yeah, I think there's like um there's an equilibrium for me that um if I break away from my equilibrium for too long, I find myself in a little bit of a depressive state. Mm. So mm -hmm. the and it's all the things that people would tell you to do just on a natural like health kind of consciousness wellness plan right like you mm -hmm. want to make sure you get a good night's sleep you want to make sure you get some sunshine you want to go mm -hmm. for a workout you want to eat right mm -hmm. and it's like any little piece of that that falls off it, it like really just kind of tumbles the whole structure mm. for me in a bad way and then like i get into this feeling where uh you know i'm on the treadmill and i can't like get onto a comfortable place on the treadmill i'm on, like right on the back <laughs> edge of the right. that's how it feels like perpetually <laughs> when I'm in that stage, right? Okay. Okay. And so now, you know, I've recognized when that happens, I have to take a couple of drastic steps. And sometimes it means just take a week off from work and just make sure you find your rest for the first couple of days and you make sure you're eating right and make sure you get like all of those things you have to restart. Right. And do it. And then right. by the end of that time, you have to make sure you you've then moved everything into a place where it actually would fit into your schedule. <laughs> Right. So, right. Right. So, right. Right. So, um, for me, that's what self care is, and then doing things that I love. You know, for me, the long walks in New York City, in particular, um, I love long drives for the same reason. It's like a meditative kind of a thing that I, I enjoy. Yeah. While traveling. Yeah, I would. You know, and that's why so you're way hard on yourself because I think that you do a lot to nurture yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think, you know, when I think of self-care, I think of pri priori prioritization and I think of nurture. And so whatever, 
you know, shows up that way and prioritization of self, you know, how am I prioritizing myself on a, and not this year, but, you know, on, on a daily basis, how do I do that? And, and, and what are the constructs of, of how I'm nurturing myself? And I, 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 when I talk to you, I'm like, Oh, you're doing this. You're, you're in what country you're, how you get to take. So I, I, again, I'm going to give you, you know, your permission slip to really, I think it's amazing, <laughs> you know, that you, that you naturally do that. And I think as artists, it's urgent to do that um, because you are taking on the vibrations of so much other energies to, you know, to create. So, so yeah, I'm, that's for sure. And, you know, the, but just the things that you've grown up loving, Sometimes you don't realize it, but you sort of stray away from things that you mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember you telling me how you kind of found your way back into music. I think you shared that on, on the um, podcast. And mm -hmm. it's like there's a piece of you that's missing if you're not doing that. Absolutely. You know? And so, you know, it's something simple. Just going out to shoot basketball a little bit. Um, for me, it's always trying to find new music. And, yeah. Um, Roy like, is a true music. You And now I'm like, did I know he was a drummer? Did I know that? And I'm like, I've known you like, I don't know how many years now for several. I don't know if I knew that. Okay. Well, at, at time like really flies. I'm like, oh my God, it's already 30 minutes have flown by. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you maybe two more things. Um, and since you're a music head, one of those things is going to be maybe a little bit challenging. But before I ask my music question, um, what are you most looking forward to at this time in your life being kind of past this 40 mark? I know you... Um, by the time people hear this, your birthday will have passed. But upon recording, you've got a birthday coming up and all the things. But what are you most looking forward to at this stage of life? Well, I think it is what I'm hoping for is to be a little bit better at connecting with friends. I think we're all so busy <laughs> that it's mm -hmm. just I feel like lose touch with people that you don't want to lose touch with. And again, I feel like they're a part of me. So I want, I want to be around them a little bit yeah. more than I have. Um, I, I like, I enjoy reconnecting with people. So I'm hoping to make that a significant part of my life mm. going forward. Yeah. I'm wanting to see more live music. Uh, uh, and, you know, I just, I want to do certain things that were on my list, you know, and just uh, continue to learn language, continue mm. to find the music, maybe learn guitar a little bit. It's sort of like a... Oh. That's like my third language, is Spanish, French, and guitar. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, guitar is a hard, it's harder than what you think. It looks, it, it seems like a simple instrument. I don't know. I didn't, I, I, I tried. It's because I'm a piano player. And and the thing with piano players are, are um, span, you see how my fingers like really span far like that because you have to be able to stretch to, to yep. you know, really work the keyboard. But guitar is a very, fine motory intricate so i just felt like a, i was in a claw position all the time playing the guitar i was like this is so uncomfortable i can't do this never mind i'll just listen to the guitars. <laughs> but yeah they both of them look very like impossible to me but <laughs> but i i'm oh, wanting yeah. to to try a little bit just because i i enjoy the sound so much yeah no i wish i i would love to particularly as a singer just being able to you know sing and play the guitar at the same time. I mean, I sing and play keyboard, but yeah. But, um, well, I, you know, the point you made about connection and, and we'll begin to wrap up, you know, I want, you know, you are uber good at staying connected because I want to say that I met you in 2010. I, I, I want to say it was around there, 2010-ish. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, and, you know, we met through some mutual friends who are dear, dear friends of mine, you know, family basically to me. And I think they're much like family for you. Yes. Um, so I knew you had to be a decent human because, you know, if you were close with them, because they, they are the pews, um, really, really love them. And through the, you know, you kind of, you meet people, it's like, okay, yeah, it's nice meeting you. Oh, we're going to stay in touch. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And then you move on and I never saw that person again. Um, but one of the, because you are really good at keeping your connections and, and, and valuable and meaningful connections and not just connection. Cause I said I was, um, you do that beautifully. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I need to be better about that. And, you know, we always make sure we know we don't get to talk to each other, you know, every month, every whatever, but I don't think a year has ever gone by where we didn't just say, listen, I'm just touching base, see how you're doing. So mm -hmm. that's another space. I'm giving you your flowers again, because you're very good at that. Super mm -hmm. good at that. Yeah. Well, I think for, for us as artists, the, the conversations like giving permission, I feel mm -hmm. like you were at a point when I met you that you needed permission to, <laughs> to yeah. sort of say, this is missing. Yeah. And um, and I, I don't know, I've, I sensed it. And I think that you might have expressed something to that effect. Not that it was me specifically, but I think like right. the universe was kind of conspiring to kind of push you in the direction. And I think um, I connect with artists a lot in yeah. that in that space where everybody's like, no, I need to settle down and have a full time job and not ever do anything <laughs> creative ever again. And and I always try to you know remind people, especially uh, kids who are coming up into college and I think you know parents are still discour discouraging people mm. because of you know the fear of the starving artist story. Mm. But we're in a different landscape now, and it's, like, yes. it's worse. If, it's worse if you're not feeding that part of yourself somehow, some way. Absolutely. So you have to kind of figure out which way is best for you. And so uh, yeah, it made it yeah. easy to just be like, hey, were you? Are you writing songs again? Are you, and that's what he would do. Are you? What are you doing creatively? I'm like, oh, I don't know. So um, it's just really helpful. And I, I think as artists, we have to do that for each other. And it doesn't have to be within your same genre of art. I mean, it can be or within your same space of art. You know, we have to be there for each other. And so you always remind me that. And it's funny when, when my son, I when I saw early signs of him really getting into editing and, and video and so forth, I contacted you and I was like, what do I need to do to get him to because he's like 11. I'm like, what do I need to do? Because he got an eye for it. I don't know. And you were like, you need to leave him alone. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? Leave him alone. And you're like, you need to leave him alone. And I want to tell you how powerful that was because I, I, I said, oh, okay, but I saw the gift. I saw that he could do this really, really well because he was so young and he was, he was being able to edit his own, you know, footage of when he's playing basketball and he's looking at films and being able to tell me they edited that wrong. There was an apple in that scene and this, and I'm like, what? And he's 11 saying that. And so now, you know, a decade later, he now has this YouTube channel that is blowing up and it's all of him editing, you know, videos and talking. And like you said, he he did music growing up. So he was so his 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 inclination to be able to hear the timing in which music needs to be added or and I left him alone and he figured that out on his own. And, you know, obviously he's still young, so he's still, you know, gonna be exploring that. But I think again, having these connections isn't it's just always good to have community. Maybe it's not even related to what you're doing, but just supporting each other in 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 our families, Absolutely. in our lives, um, beyond. You know, um, you know, you have watched me go through a lot of different things personally. I've watched you go through a lot of things personally, and it's just been really um, 
I, I just really appreciate that. So what y'all hear is the truth. That is that is Roy for real. So yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Likewise, you're you're a big inspiration to me as well. And I'm awesome. you know what I what I appreciate most is that you're always trying to figure out a new way. <laughs> you know, this is not working like I thought it might. How, what's the next step? And yeah, I think that's admirable and it, it's like a good uh you know, it's a good reminder. Yeah. That you know, 2023, yes, we gotta find a way. Find your voice, find your voice, keep finding your voice. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're getting ready to wrap up. We are gonna do a bonus, and I'm gonna have Roy offer some tips. Those of you who may be interested in how to kind of break into this space, whether it be editing or film, writing, directing. Um, so if you're curious about that, and yes, after 40, yes, please, like he said, it's just kind of starting at this point. So um if you're a Patreon member, you'll be able to, to, to watch that. But I, before we do that, music head, fellow music lover, what's your theme song? Like, what's a song for you that just, every time you hear it, it's like, that's, that's, that's the cut. That's it. Uh, well, I guess I don't engage with music quite like that. <laughs> I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna just ask. Just what's the song uh, that motivates or inspires you today? Like, I mean, it doesn't. I will, have to... <laughs> I, well, but here's what I do. I will tell you um, that um, a song that I would put out there is maybe a song if I were to have a mantra or something like that. Uh, I would offer up "Now or Never" by The Roots. Um, it's been out for a while. It must have been 10, 12 years. Yeah, I know, but it's a good one. And yeah. it's a it's a good one. And it just, you know, like I said, the writing is beautiful on there. I love the music and it's a good uh, you know, when I'm going for my walks, go for my runs, I'll put that on and just like, yeah, it's now or never. Let me keep keep going and yeah. we're gonna do something special this year. I don't know what that is, but it's coming. Awesome. See, you got it. You you picked one. It, I know that felt a little constraining, but <laughs> you did it. So awesome, awesome. Well, this has been. I knew it was going to be delightful. I'm glad you took that leap of faith and allowed yourself to get vulnerable. Ta da! Yeah, An exercise bit. of vulnerability. Just a little. Um, bit. And coming from behind the camera <laughs> to the front. Um, and so, yes, those of you, please come to Patreon so you can see Roy, because you ain't going to see him nowhere else because he's not. Although I am going to have you share. You mentioned your website. So if you can mention that again, and if on social media, you know, where people could follow you, if that's a space that they can follow you. Yes. So you'll find my website. It's RoyClovis.com. On uh, Instagram, I'm not really active. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not really active on Twitter either. But, but uh, if you want to take this journey with me, I think that that's one of the goals for 2023 is to be better with Instagram specifically. Okay. So sharing All photos right. and sharing some videos. So you can expect that. Uh, that would be, if you find it, it's Roy Clovis at Mundo Local Films or just at Mundo Local Films. I don't know, but uh, I'm gonna put it all in the show notes so that okay. we, and we can all hold you accountable because be like, That's we right. want to see some more, Roy. We want to see right. some more. That's right. All right, awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right, for those who are listening, we will be back next week. For those that are watching, stay tuned. Okay, we'll see you guys. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast and share on social media using hashtag Finding Your Voice After Forty. To submit questions, email info at findingyourvoiceafter40.com.